Hey everyone, welcome to the Cap City Offers podcast. This is episode 21. You've got Chris and Brian. Um, today we're going to talk about our philosophy of tools and not toys. Um, just kind of you know going over why you want to invest in dependable gear, equipment, etc. Um, that's not going to let you down when you need it most. Yeah, and, and guys, we're, part of this is talking about priorities. Um, what I want to tell somebody that no, you don't need to... You know, you don't need to have any fun guns that you like to go shoot recreationally or something like that. Um, that's that's definitely not part of the conversation. But there also is a little bit of a conversation around priorities. Um, you know, if you find yourself having an opportunity to take a class, um, but you're, you know, short a few hundred dollars either for the ammo or for the travel or maybe for the class itself, but yet you've got 13 new guns that you've bought in the last year that really serve no purpose other than they were cool or the price was right or something along those lines, then, you know, maybe it's a priorities thing. Um, also, bear in mind, we're all different human beings. Some of us have different priorities than others, but we're talking about ours here and some of the things that we preach. So if it doesn't fit you, that's cool. It's no big deal. Um, you know, we can still hook you up with whatever the other toys are. But for us, this is a conversation around prioritizing where you're spending your money, where you're spending your time, where you're spending your efforts, heading toward a goal, which basically is to make sure you can be your own security detail or whatever it is that says. So. Yeah, um, guys come in the shop, um, and 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 we tell people on a regular basis. They'll, they'll look around. We're a small store for sure. Um, as far as guns go, we're a really small store. Um, and, and guys will come in, and I tell people generally that we are a gear store, a high-end gear store that also sells some firearms. And and you can tell somebody who's not been in here before will look and see the selection and realize, you know, gosh, there's just it's, it's not a huge selection. We completely acknowledge that. Um, uh, under the idea of we don't really sell toys, we sell tools. Um, most of the farms that we carry in the shop are guns that we feel like you can stake your life on on a day-to-day -day basis and still ride hard when you train. Um, same goes for the gear in the store as well. So people come in and they go, hey, what's new and exciting? And I'll be like, uh, nothing. Because that's not our thing. New and exciting is, is you know, is going and buying the newest G-Gone widget. Um, new and exciting for us is it's been on the market for a year and a number of dudes who beat on stuff have been beating on it for a year and it seems to be holding up so it's not new and exciting it's kind of tried and proven and that's just a lot better way for us to do business for the majority of our clientele so um, you know so bear in mind when somebody comes in and you know you come in and you say hey what's new and exciting we look at you and go mm, nothing um, it's it's not because there aren't new toys here or things like that they're tools we have new tools in um, and kind of take that mentality about it. So um, we're going to kind of run through just some different examples of these kinds of conversations. Um, I'm going to start off at the lower end of the spectrum from a dollar's perspective and talk about gear and talk about, you know, Brian mentioned just before we came on the air here, uh, a conversation, uh, high-speed gear tacos, high-speed gear belts, high-speed gear stuff. Um, you can absolutely go online and find other brands of taco-ish type mag holders. You can go online and find other brands of belts, whether it's pants belts, like rigger style belts, or whether it's padded war belt style belts or things of that nature. Um, you can find lower cost items that serve the exact same purpose. The big question is how well and for how long are you actually saving money? So if you go and buy that cheapy device, whatever that may be, because you've got a class coming up quick and you, and you, you want it for the class, even maybe you don't need it for the class. Um, the majority of rifle classes you could take, you don't actually need a plate carrier. 
um, unless they're shoot house classes. You might need a chest rig of some sort, or you might, might want a war belt. But I mean, there's guys that show up to those classes and burn it down by shoving mags in their back pocket and making stuff happen. Um, but if you're going to buy the gear, then pony up and buy the good gear because you might take XYZ budget brand to a class like that and then go out and train with it afterward and find out that it's falling apart within the first three to six months if you train with it at all. And you end up with, um, wh well, what I jokingly refer to as Condor in Afghanistan result, which is at some point three months into your deployment, you, you, you take three steps from somewhere and everything falls off of you into a pile on the ground around you because the stitching wasn't type 69 bonded thread. Um, it wasn't stitched eight or 10 stitches per inch. Um, you know, it was thrown together with whatever Chinesium thread they had available and sewed either too tight or too loose and not backstopped where it should have been with box X's and bar tacks and things of that nature. So that would be a good example from a gear perspective of buying a good bag. Um, you know, a, 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 along the same lines, backpacks. Um, you see a lot of backpacks that out there that if you look at a Vertex backpack or a Camelback backpack or some one of the packs that were designed by professional end users gave input on the design of the pack, you'll find a pack that for a given size, if you say a 2,000 cubic inch pack, it's got pockets in the right places. It has pockets for the things you would need in a pack that size. Um, you know, there's no sleeping bag pocket in a 2,000 cubic inch pack. Um, you know, certain brands, like I said, like Camelback and, and Vertex tend to lay things out very, very well, very efficiently, very appropriately. There's no wasted space and you can access stuff quickly. But when you take the same bag made by a number of other kind of off-brand, it basically looks like someone vomited a whole bunch of pockets on the outside of the pack. None of them are the right size. None of them are in the right place. And none of them, the zippers run the wrong way for whatever you would normally want to put in that pouch, things of that nature. So, you know, the buy once, cry once, buy, buy a tool, not a toy. Um, those things are big parts of that conversation. Yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree. Uh, I've been in classes before with, you know, people showing up with lesser brands of gear and had, you know, gear fall apart, you know, halfway through a class. And if you're any kind of a team class or if you get partnered up with somebody for an exercise and they're fighting through their gear, you know, they're now a liability to your result. Yeah. Um, in the real world, you know, that becomes even more, you know, a liability to your team, to your family. Yeah. Yeah. And if you spent, like I said, you spent all that money on training and now you're fighting with your gear instead of learning um, and learning to fight with your gear is probably not why you were there. So um, if we, you know, pick that up a notch and we see a, a lot with handguns, we see a lot of guys, you know, we did the, we did the podcast, you know, how not to unglock your Glock. Um, you know, your carry gun, when you treat your carry gun kind of as a toy and, and Gucci things up. It's your gun. That's absolutely your prerogative. If you want paint on it, if you want stippling on it, um, Mia Maxima Culpa. Um, I'm wearing a gun right now that's pretty pimped out. Everything's on it. It's proven, um, but it's also a good quality gun made from good quality components that has a lot of rounds through it to test that proof of concept. Um, you know, going out and buying the newest Qigong widget, etc. Um, I'm going to throw somebody under the bus who probably feels like they've been run over and then backed over twice by a Greyhound, Cy Hudson. Um, Hudson came out with a, you know, what everybody thought was going to be a fairly solid product. A lot of guys ran out and grabbed it because the ergonomics were there and the idea was a 1911 that was striker fired um, and, and falls into the toy category. It was not a proven gun at that point and there's some significant issues with the gun and that's come to fruition with Hudson basically not existing anymore. Um, you know, but if you went out and bought that toy, 
rather than buying a tool that was kind of a tried and true device, then we're in a different situation. Um, along the same lines, two or three years ago when the, when the P10C came out, uh, we didn't know what it was. A lot of guys ran out and bought them. Turned out, pretty good tool. Um, you know, pr pretty, mm -hmm. pretty good option. But if you didn't know that and you ran out and bought the first one, you were either the guy testing it to see if it was a tool or you were somebody chasing down a toy. And, and it doesn't matter. You know, that's fine too. But just understand those things. I don't want to buy the first model year of anything, even a new Honda Accord, when they do a significant rebuild on the car, there's quirks that first model year. I'm going to let things kind of settle out a little bit. Yeah, I would agree um, wholeheartedly. Optics are another place where yes. spending that extra bit of money makes a really big difference. Yeah. Um, you know, for a for a recreational grade optic, you know, we look to Holosun and Sig. Um, right around that two to three hundred dollar price range, you know, mm -hmm. something that's going to hold up um, on an AR uh, in training classes. You know, uh, three gun matches, you know, training events and things. Um, that same optic may not you know deal with banging in and out of vehicles every day. You know, in a law enforcement situation. Yeah. Um, one of the things, you know, everybody likes to tout, well, oh, this has got, you know, a lifetime unlimited warranty. Well, is that warranty transferable to next to kin? Uh, or, you know, is, is, is there a, you know, FedEx and warranty, you know, in the event of the apocalypse? Yeah. Yeah. And, and guys, and I'm definitely, you know, we're, we throw out the brands Hollow Sun and Sig because that's what we sell. The reason why we sell them is because they're good, solid entry-level optics. But for the professional end user, again, you might get more into the tool mentality than the toy mentality if you're going to beat on it. Um, you know, d definitely that's also why we carry additionally, uh, you know, I I'm going to say this out loud. God, I'm going to get flamed. That's why we carry brands like EOTech and brands like, uh, you know, Trigicon and things of that nature because they're a little more durability-wise professional end user geared um, to tolerate that. So light me up over the EOTech thing. I can feel it coming. Cool. Um, long guns, um, shotguns, uh, see a lot of guys going out and buying shotguns as toys. Um, I'll pick on our tribe without naming names. Uh, we've got a couple guys who went out and bought budget semi-auto shotguns, um, to kind of test their, kind of dip their toes in the water in all fairness. Um, they yeah, wanted a gun. They cool. Yeah. And they, and they wanted a gun to try and see, you know, okay, what's the semi-auto thing look like without spending two grand on a Benelli? Um, you know, you better off spending 1100 on a Beretta, but whatever. Um, you know, there are options out there that are, that are a little better quality, but you know, we, you put yourself in a position with shotguns, for example, going with a semi-auto gun, um, an inexpensive semi-auto gun may only run high brass, high pressure, high power hunting loads, uh, which are not things you want to train with on a regular basis. You don't want to go run 200 rounds through, you know, that type of ammo through the gun. Uh, running different drills, especially from stupid positions, from points of cover, around vehicles and stuff like that, where you may not be able to get the gun buried into your shoulder and your cheek, your orbital bone buried down on the top of the stock. Now you're getting beaten on by something. And so, you know, from that perspective, are you really that far ahead? And especially if you can't get a feel for what a semi-auto is like anyway, because you just can't get far enough down that road because the ammo costs are prohibitive or the beating's prohibitive or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, going out and buying a higher end gun for semi-auto guns that probably starts with like a Mossberg 930. And even at that, the Mossberg 930s can be a little bit tweaky. You're going to have to run high brass ammo, um, if you want to train with them, um, you know, or just starting at, you know, the right places, probably like a Beretta 1301 or, or, you know, one of the Benelli's or something like that. Take a look at those guns or the Remington's. So, 
um, but but start off with a tool rather than trying out a toy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, lights are another big place where everybody wants to go the cheap route. Um, the only lights that hold up to extended use, um, extended range sessions, all kinds of temperature ranges are surefires and stream lights. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, and again, it, you know, understanding that you want to look at a different brand because you want to test drive it, and, and maybe that becomes your proof of concept, your grail. I want to see if this actually works or not because the price is right and the performance is right or the form factor is right. Um, it, it, this is one of those conversations where it doesn't necessarily just come down to price. Um, a lot of those other lights out there on the market right now are cheaper than Streamlight, and Streamlight's pretty affordable. It's a pretty good value. Um, yes, Surefire stuff is expensive. Can you break it? Yep, I've done it, but it's very, very rare. Um, and, and so, you know, we put Surefire at the top for a reason, and, and you pay for it, but it's worth it. Um, is it prohibitive for some folks? Possibly. And if that's the case, that's what Streamlight's for. Um, you can get 90% of the light for 60% of the cost by going to Streamlight. But when you start getting into other brands of light, we've just seen too many failures with either mounting systems, um, uh, ergonomics, how the switching works, things of that nature. The switching is either odd and or unreliable. Uh, we have a, a new brand of light out making weapon lights that I'm, I'm not going to name, um, but they're doing some some pistol lights or rail mount lights that are designed to go the same place like an X300 or a TLR1HL would go. Similar lumen output. Um, had had a, a police department here locally buy some of them and sanction them and say, yeah, we're going to go to this. Um, and, and the gentleman who was in charge of that decision, I talked to about six months after that decision and said, yeah, uh, we're not running those anymore because they can get rained on once, but not twice. Um, how do you find that out? You know, And as a concealed carry person, is that as big a deal? Because in a concealed carry environment, I'm probably wearing a shirt and a jacket maybe over the gun. Um, but in a law enforcement environment, you're putting it in a gun bucket. And it might be covered up some, but if you're directing traffic for two hours in the pouring rain um, at a crash scene, now your stuff's getting rained on. And unfortunately, that's that's how these guys found out that, you know, XYZ Cool Guy brand that actually does make some nice handheld lights, um, their weapon lights are not ready for game time yet. Um, you know, and so how much money did you really save? So if it's a discretionary purchase where you're testing it to see if it's that good, okay, that's cool because you're treating it like a tool. But if you're buying a toy because it's cheap, then you're back in the same game. The other thing that comes along with that, with lights specifically on guns, are holsters. If you have your your blaster with your new Ninja 5000 light on it, but you can't find a holster to put it in, then it's a toy. Because you can't safely and effectively carry and deploy that weapon without a holster. So, you know, just some things to consider there too. Yeah, to some degree, you know, industry standards sort of became industry standards for a reason. And a lot of that has to do with not only the, the performance and reliability of the gear, um, but also the interoperability. You know, being able to put a gun in a holster is vitally, being able to put a pistol in a holster is vitally important. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as gun, pistols with lights, you know, Surefire X300s, um, Streamlight, TLR1, HLs are really the industry standard um, yep. that without you know spending three months waiting for a custom holster to get made uh, for another lighting system you know those are kind of the options yeah yeah and that custom holster may or may not be what you need it to be anyway once it actually arrives so um yeah so 
looking at maybe going to another topic or another category, long guns. Uh, same thing with long guns. Um, you know, right now we've got a lot of guys looking at at building their own gun um, as a as a defensive tool. As you know, both with budget concerns in mind, but also with the idea of I want to be able to build exactly what I want. Um, you know, and, and maybe that includes wanting to build something that is, or buy something that is a, um, a replica of something else. Um, and, and I, I apologize, I'm having a brain fade, but you know, I, I get guys wanting to build a, a legit Mark 12 original, uh, PRI carbon fiber, um, you know, the flip up barrel mounted sight and a bunch of stuff like that. And, and, you know, when that gun was designed, the gentleman actually who designed that gun is a local guy here in central Ohio or in Ohio, um, little bit of genius at that point in time to design something that accurate and that reliable in that size package. Um, by today's standards, it's a little bit dated. And if that's going to be your one gun, you've built a toy because it's really difficult to do things like put a light on it. Um, Honestly, putting a, a sling on it that's not just a shooting sling, but something that lets you actually convey the weapon around, um, you know, the world rather than just from shooting positions, um, you know, things like that. It, it, it's it's kind of a, you know, it, it's it's what you always wanted, but is it what you actually need? Back to wants and needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want it is not a four-letter word. I need, um, you know, might be. That's just an example I can think of on rifles. There are probably others. Yeah, I would say um, triggers on rifles are another big one. Um, you know, when we, our mentality with triggers is they have to work every single time, and they can't fail. Um, that's why we like Geisleys and yeah. ALG um, ACTs mm-hmm. and the Bravo PNT. Uh, a lot of the adjustable triggers tend to adjust themselves out of operating ranges. Because uh, it's screws held together with thread locking compound. Hopefully. Maybe. Yeah, um, maybe. And, you know, the more that you can adjust it and tweak it, the more there's opportunity for things to go bad. Uh, meaning you get either a dead trigger or, you know, a trigger that won't reset um, or potentially even a runaway trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a. Sl- switching slightly from ARs to AK has been in a class with a gentleman who had, you know, his uber tuned you know, ak-74 um that started to double and then started to triple and then he had no right he had no long gun to work with because the instructors took it away yeah um which again then put his team down you know basically an effective person because he had no long gun yeah um same thing with the handgun triggers too you know if you're looking at things like clock triggers um there are some good manufacturers out there who have produced some dog components um, over time, and, and it happens, you know, good companies make parts that are just not to spec, and, and if they're good companies, they fix it. Um, but we have seen guys jack with triggers and, and, and testing them, going out and shooting them and running them and training with them, found out that there were problems, and, you know, those are all things you need to solve to confirm that it's not a toy and that it's a tool. Um, you know, had an issue with connectors a few years ago from a very well-known manufacturer that were making clocks go double, triple, full auto, whatever. Um, and it's a spec issue. They fixed it. They replaced the ones that were defective and they fixed, you know, what they were producing. And, and it was a short term issue unless you were the one caught up in it carrying the gun. So, yeah, it happens. Yeah. To that end, you can make a really, really good Glock trigger by sending 2,000 rounds down the barrel. Bingo. Um, that is a service that we offer. If you'd like to pay us $1,000, 
um, and drop your Glock off and leave it with us for a couple months. Um, we will go ahead and... A couple and, months? And, yeah, couple, well, it doesn't take that long. It might. You know, depends on how many we get in. So, um, depends on how many we can shoot behind Aldi. Uh, just kidding. Um, so anyway, so there, there we are. Um, toys, you know, I, I, again, it's okay to go buy your toy. It's okay to do that that super pimped out Volkortsen pistol that you love to shoot in 22 um, and stuff like that. And, and you know... And it might even be a training aid. You might be able to justify a toy as a training aid from a perspective of you want to go shoot Rimfire Steel Challenge, and now all of a sudden that little gun, even though it's not what you carry, it still has sights on it, it still has a trigger, and you're still shooting targets with it, so it's practice. So maybe you can rationalize that as a tool at some point if you've got everything else squared away. Um, you know, it's really hard to listen to somebody cry about not having ammo or money for a class, but again, they've got three new toys, but not the right tool. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of again, you know, our mentality as Cap City Outfitters, um, we like tools. Um, we find that having good tools lets us have lots of fun when we go to the range, take classes, and whatnot. And we know that when we get home, um, we can put that same gun, you know, back in our holsters for concealed carry, or by the bedside, you know, as a defensive long gun, and that it's going to work. Yes. Um, questions, whatnot, um, drop us a line, info capcityoutfitters.com. Um, stop up, stop in and see us, uh, 4465 Cemetery Road in Hilliard, Ohio. Thanks a bunch, guys.